everybody, and welcome to the introductory first episode of The Horse Comes First. My name is Isabel, and I'm talking to Callie, and we are two horse professionals, and uh, we are here to talk about everything that we've learned in our many decades in the horse in the industry. Um, Callie and I are going to start out a little bit by telling you about ourselves. Callie, do you want to start off and tell us about your history in the horse business? Sure. Um, I'm Callie Klein. I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I really um, love the name that we came up with for our podcast called The Horse Comes First, because in my journey in horses, that just seems to be where I always end up asking myself, am I putting my horse first or am I putting my own goals ahead of my horses? So I had um, horses as a kid and I'm um, one of these re-riders that got out of horses when my parents sold this thoroughbred that I was completely incapable of riding and training. <laughs> and they're really smart that they did that. So then I went and built a career and um, I was doing a real estate conference in Michigan and stayed with my friend who had this beautiful horse facility. They were breeding and all these beautiful Tennessee walkers. And uh, I asked my husband, can I get a horse? And he said, sure. Not, no, he thought at the time it was going to be a fad, but it has been uh, very um, non-fatty for me because I became a rider and a trainer and I'm certified in two internet with two international organizations for teaching. Um, and I've received levels, graduation, blah, 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 blah. But in all the things that I've done, I've just come always come back around to in my work every day with my horses am i putting my horse first is is my arm is my horse having a choice in the matter and am i allowing my horse to actually lead me sometimes or am i just making my horse do whatever i want so yeah that's a little bit just in a nutshell about me and um yeah isabel and i Decided to, decided to do this so that we could share and help other people who would like to um, put their horses first in their work. And we're building an online online classroom and helping people in all over the world who want to, to have the same feeling and same calling in their life for their horses. Oh, I love it. You put that so nice, Callie. That's wonderful. <laughs> all right, so yeah, my name is Isabel Salas and I am in Maryland. Um, I started with horses as a kid in 4-H when a lady up the road from me literally got a horse and put it in her backyard. Um, and uh, she hooked into the 4-H program as a way of getting educated herself about horses and a bunch of us kids in the neighborhood who had definitely noticed the horse in her backyard. We followed along. I never had a horse as a kid, but I was able to, as soon as I was old enough, uh, work in exchange for riding. I did barn jobs, muck stalls, that kind of thing. Uh, that was back in the era where the school bus would drop you off at the barn. Um, they've changed that now. But yes, uh, there was a time I went to several barns where I went there, dropped off there directly from school. Um, but I never had my own horse, but that kind of worked out as a plus because I got to ride lots of different horses and never had the burden of horse ownership and didn't have the problem of possibly buying a horse that I really could not ride. So that worked out to be a plus. Um, I did try to go to a horse college that was a, a no-go. Uh, I did wind up getting a four-year degree from a really large university, but I couldn't do much with it. And I went right back to the horse industry, right out of 
out of college, trying to pay off college loans, working as a barn manager and a groom and doing all of that good kind of stuff. Um, so I graduated college in 1993. That was a while ago. Um, and I've been a professional, either freelance writer, teaching lessons, uh, being a groom, being a barn manager since up until now, it's now 2023. I won't think about how many years that was ago. And, uh, yeah, I land very much the same, although I didn't know it at the time, um, that a lot of people I was working for use the horses as a tool for the sport. And it wasn't until, you know, I was nearly in my forties that I figured out there's a difference from people who really love horses for horses and difference to the other folks who kind of really like the horse sports. And uh, it took me probably 20 years too long to get that figured out. <laughs> um, but the advent of the internet has been a godsend because now people like you and me can go online, sign up for courses, get education and uh, meet up. I mean, I work with people now. I have an instructor in Germany. I have an instructor in South Africa. And I have an instructor who doesn't even have a home country right now. She lives on the road. She's like in one country for two months and teaches and then goes into another country. And she's a Mary Wanless certified instructor. And she literally jet sets around the globe. Uh, teaching so great. is so cool. I am so impressed with her. You had done Pirelli which, you know, I give, we have to give them a tremendous credit and big thanks to whether you're a Pirelli fan or not. Uh, the Pirellis and John Lyons and stuff really stepped out there in, in the beginning to try to teach people horsemanship on a large scale, like to bring yes. video to people. And part of that process is that not every instructor is going to come out the same, but they really broke ground and really set a model for all of us now who are trying to do this. You know, we owe them a lot for the work that they did in opening the horse industry up. Right. And all the videos and the DVDs and the online, it was, I think one of, or some of them were some of the first online, online training where you could watch yeah. a trainer teach and you could pay a monthly fee for that and buy yeah. more lessons. So I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that's where, where people are going to end up more is in online training, because when you're in a writing lesson and you and I both know as a teachers and also as students that when you're riding a horse, only part of your brain can be connected to what your trainer is teaching you with online video training. You can be present, ask questions, Get, go back, repeat something over and over again, where when you're riding a horse, you could try, but that moment in time changes, you know? Yeah. So I think that the, the future for horse training definitely is online coaching. I think it is, and it's a great forum. I'm a big fan of the PIVO. I think a skill I need to start studying now is how to coach people about how to use PIVO, but there's just nothing like having video of your work. That has been so useful. It's and so useful, yeah. On, you know, as far as the horse equipment costs, I mean, my saddle was $6,500. So, I mean, the, the PIVO is really very, especially for what you get out, out of it, to have video, you see so much more. And I'm just in the habit, I video just about every day. Every time I'm in the arena, I have the PIVO out. And that's just been super, super useful. So I think I've lined us up a couple of guests. I've got one L judge who's thinking about joining us. And I have another young lady who was running her own podcast for a while. She specializes in rescue horses. So she's willing and coming to talk.
talk to us. She's Hannah Marie uh, Cooper. So we will get her scheduled to come and have a nice chat with us. Do you want to talk about some of the other horse podcasts that we do? I know I'm a big fan. Yes. Oh, well, I think my favorite is um, Warwick Schiller Journey On. Favorite because of the transformation that he's made as a horseman and changing his life and and uh, he bought this beautiful facility in Paso Robles, California, where he does seminars now. People come and it, they jump in the ice bath or maybe it's just him. I don't know. But it's it's quite a, a new experience than his previous work. So I really enjoy listening to him. He has great, super high quality guests on his podcast. But I think he's my favorite, although I listen to a lot, as I'm sure you do too. I listen to a ton and it's hard to pick a favorite one. I think I do have to pick the Strides podcast. They just changed it. They were calling it the Practical Riding Instructor, but I think their riding program is the Strides program. There are these two young ladies. I think they're both under the age of 30, which makes me feel quite old, but they are running very much a beginner riding academy introduction to horses program but very different to how when I went into it when everybody told me you couldn't make money um, they're taking it very much from a very strict business perspective they know their market they have a curriculum everybody who comes in know there's a curriculum with testing levels and it's a lot more organized and a lot more focused on making it. I mean, let's face it. One of our big issues in, in the horse business is it's not a business. And that's one of the reasons why we're having a hard time carrying it forward. And so many people, so many barns go out of business. It's easy to buy the per property. It's really hard to keep it going. So I really like that that's their goal and that they're organized about it. And a lot like Warwick Schiller, they're saying, this is what we learned. This is what we did last year. And this is what we learned now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're very upfront about the fact that this is a process and we're learning and improving, but they have some advice for others who want to have a writing program and want to have it work for everybody, the yeah. owner and the students. Super humble, super humble gals, super, super good at what they do and really delightful to listen to. I li I've listened to them a little bit, but I, I do love them. They're sweet. They are. They're sweet. And also uh, the last podcast I listened to, they said that they're, they're going to be salty, which I think they're, they're okay. good. we're going to be salty too here on our podcast. The horse comes first because listen, I will say it again. The horse needs to come first more and more and more with everybody, all of us, me included. So yeah. I think this is a great first, first run. And I think we, I think, yeah, I think we got our, I think we got our thing going on. I'm chuffed about this, Isabel. Nicole. I'm super excited. I'm super glad you're willing to do this with me. As soon as you mentioned it, I was like, I wanted to do a podcast, actually. I just couldn't decide on what to talk about and what to do. So yes, as soon as you, I hope I didn't scare you, but as soon as you said podcast, I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Why not? Yes. That's all right. Please, I don't know. We should have an official sign off. Maybe we'll tell everybody we will see you next time. I'm Okay, we will set up a Gmail. The horse comes first at gmail.com. If you have questions for us, if you want to be on our podcast, because we are looking for guests, if you want to ask questions or give us your feedback, shoot us an email at the horse comes first at gmail.com. Uh, we can send you a free PDF. We'll list some of our favorite books that has helped us with uh, horse training. And we're more than happy to answer your questions and have your feedback. Right. And then if you want to drop in some comment below about how you have made decisions in your life to put your horse first, I would love, 
I would love to read about how your story on that. And I'm sure Isabel would too. So drop a few comments and uh, let us know what you're thinking. All right. Thanks for being with me today, Kelly. Nice to be with you, Isabel. Have a good one.